Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Dave Schofield, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, coming at you with another episode of some numbers, some questions, and some overall things to talk about with the Pittsburgh Steelers, or things that, you know, or like what we can maybe expect with some things with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right off the bat, I want to do something that I feel is very important because, one, Jeff Hartman did this on his Let's Ride podcast on Wednesday. If you haven't caught that yet, make sure you check that out. I was really tempted to just throw all the numbers aside and do my counter arguments to Jeff's podcast from yesterday. Um, If you didn't check it out, make sure you go back because he laid out the case for drafting a quarterback in 2021. Um, I am not in the – on team quarterback or whatever it is for 2021, unless the situation presents itself in a way um, that really makes sense and that you almost weren't expecting. The Steelers weren't expecting to do what they did in in 2004 to have Ben Roethlisberger available at the 11th pick. Uh, at least I don't think they were. But um, yet then they ended up with their franchise quarterback. So there could be a situation where the draft plays out that that way, but I'm not going into it thinking Steelers got to go quarterback. They got to go quarterback. Now's the time to do it. And the reason I'm not of, of on that team is that I say that Ben Roethlisberger had success early on in his career because the Steelers had uh, a very good defense and a very good running game. And 
any quarterback that comes in in a situation that doesn't have that, it makes it harder for them to succeed. Look at what happens to these quarterbacks taken at the top of the draft. So me personally, I say, hey, if you can get those things, the Steelers have the good defense, but they don't have the run game. And I think the biggest thing to help with the run game isn't as much the running back as it is the offensive line. I would like to see the Steelers really shore up their offensive line first, then get quarterback. But that's just me. Um, and they know better than I do. But if you were going to ask me my opinion, that's the argument I'm going to make. But anyway, I digress. I got off on that a little bit. If you didn't check out Jeff's Jeff's episode, make sure you do, because he did make a very good case for it, I must admit. And of course, he likes to rip into me whenever he can. But um, so one thing that he brought up for sure is, or, or, or wanted to make sure that he mentioned for sure was the number of people that stumble onto our podcast and don't know about that we are just an extension of Behind the Steel Curtain, the website, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It's through SB Nation. Um, tons of articles, lots of information out there. That's, that is really where we are all entrenched that do these podcasts. The podcasts sprung forth from the website. So it's not a bunch of guys who do podcasts that then have a website. It's basically a website where, where the guys that are, um, that are, or the people, I mean, it doesn't have to be guys, um, that are a part of that website. It just so happens to be all guys right now. Um, but Hey, love to have a, a, a lady podcaster. That would be fantastic. Here we go. <laughs> I'm getting off track again, but we were on, um, right. We're all writers for the website that now are also taking on the podcast platform as well. So they are two very interconnected things. So make sure you're checking out the website. If you're listening to the podcast, just like we remind people on the website, Hey, check out our podcast. If that's something you want to, would like to do. And I've said this before. If you're a person that's really into podcasts and you don't have time to read articles, you listen while you're in the car, you could click on an article and they have a feature now that it reads it to you. It's right below. You got the title. You got the next title. There's a, a nice little black circle with a with a yellow triangle, the play button. You just hit that button and it will read you the article, which um, now it doesn't always help when it's a film article because then you kind of miss the film stuff. But um, that's that's one feature that you have if you're more of a podcast person. But make sure you're checking that out. And also make sure you're checking out all the podcasts. I know some of you like the morning podcast. Some of you don't check out these morning podcasts like Let's Ride and the Live Mike and Steeler Stat Geek. Sometimes a lot of you all really enjoy the YouTube face and Facebook uh, live podcast that then we that we also put out on our audio platform. Make sure you're checking it all out. Lots of stuff. It's all still coming to you through the off season. Lots to talk about like we're going to today where I had a great question, difficult question I have to say, but a great question sent to me. Before I get into the question, I I just want to remind people, I'm looking for great stats questions. I'm looking to talk about things that you all want to hear. It doesn't do me any good to just spout off a bunch of numbers if it's nothing that's worthwhile listening to. So I want to know what you all would like to hear. Ask those great stat questions. You can contact me at stlrsuperfandad at gmail.com, or you could hit me up at stlrsuperfandad on Twitter, 
Or you could just go to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and click on any article where I, Dave Schofield, am the author, and you can contact me right there. Um, or you could even go into the article that's this Stat Geek podcast and write a question right in there as a comment, and I'll make sure I check that out. But this one came to me uh, from, I've, I've got to do my best to not screw up the name, Mark Kaminsky. I'm pretty sure I got that right. Mark Kaminsky. Um, he wants to know that since the Steelers have parted ways with offensive coordinator Randy Feekner, he was curious about the statistical success of teams getting to the playoffs with a first-year offensive coordinator. I don't know about you, but I thought that was a fantastic question. So when teams get a new coordinator, how do they do when getting to the playoffs? Now, this took a lot of research. This took a, a lot to figure out, to, to go into every year trying to find a list of new offensive coordinators. Sometimes, some years were easy to find. Some years were not. I went back five years. Um, and it took a long time to compile that, just going back five years. But I thought five years would give a nice sample as to um, – especially in today's NFL, of how teams can turn around with an offensive coordinator with a new one coming in and how it plays out with them. Just getting to the playoffs was the question. So that's what I looked at. So there's more factors and other things to be involved uh, with these things. But I should say, because this is the first stat geek since it happened, the Steelers are looking for four new position coaches, assuming that they're going to fill all these roles in a new offensive coordinator, a new tight ends coach because coach Daniels retired a new offensive line coach and a new defensive backs coach. Now, some of these positions might be filled with people they already had on their staff. Um, you know, the Steelers had, had Terrell Austin, who was a defensive back slash defensive assistant coach. I can't even get all his titles, right. Um, that if he still is going to stick with the Steelers, even though, uh, he was possibly being looked at for defensive coordinator positions. Um, I think, well, I think he was in Tennessee is where they were looking at him. Um, haven't heard anything other than that, but let's get back to this question. So it's very interesting to see the cycle of when teams need an offensive coordinator, because it's not always cut and dry as to why. Sometimes it's a, uh, it's a new offensive coordinator because the last one didn't cut it and they moved on. Sometimes they need a new offensive coordinator because that coordinator moved on to a bigger and better job. Now, I didn't break it down based on to why they left because that just was a whole different you know, rabbit hole that I was not getting ready to dive into. But some of these you could possibly even remember. So what I'm going to do is let's look at the most recent season to say, all right, how many, you know, how many teams were there any teams that made the playoffs this past year who had new offensive coordinators? And the answer was, yes, there were. Well, first of all, there were 11, 11 off, uh, new offensive coordinators last season. 11. Of those 11, four of them made the postseason. They were uh, the Cleveland Browns, the the Washington football team, the Chicago Bears, and the and the Los Angeles Rams. Now, two of those were because the teams had new head coaches and was bringing in other coaches. That was with the Browns and and in Washington. So, I don't think I missed any from the list and everything. But there were lots of teams. There were seven teams that had a new offensive coordinator that didn't make the postseason. 
So when you look at it, four, uh, you know, four out of 11 is, you know, 36%, which is slightly less than what the league league averages of this, especially this past season of how many teams made the postseason because they expanded the playoffs, that it was almost 40, it was 43 and three quarters percent of the NFL teams made the postseason this year. So it was, it, it was slightly less this year, but that was with 11 new coordinators. What's crazy is in 2019, there was a lot more coordinators that were new. Now, not many more that made the postseason, but there were, and there are every year that I looked at going back five seasons. Because in 2019, there were five new offensive coordinators that made the postseason out of 17. So when you're talking five out of 17, you're talking almost 30% of new offensive coordinators made the postseason. So if you think about that, Depending on the reason, that's that's not terrible, especially when you're looking at that this was dirt when um when there was only 12 teams, you know, six from each conference that made the postseason, when you're talking about 37.5% of the teams making the postseason. So it's not ridiculously far off. It's not like, oh, they only have half the chance. I mean, it's a little bit less. Um, but that's I mean, that's kind of what I expect. But what's crazy is how is the cycle of needing new offensive coordinators because 20, 2018, great googly moogly, 20 of the 32 teams had new offensive coordinators. Now, some of them might have included a team that didn't even hire an offensive coordinator because their, their head coach was going to call plays or something. But it was a new person fulfilling these this role. Now, another thing I have to I have to admit, I did not go in and break down each team if their offensive coordinator was actually the one that called plays because not all teams do it that way. You know, that's that is one thing that's a little concerning with teams of that they're saying could be a knock on Eric Bieniemy, um, who's the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, because Andy Reid is the one calling the plays. So, but it, it it all depends on how you look at. It. And I didn't. I it just got to be so much just to get the list that I didn't break it down one way or the other. So out of those twenty teams in 2018 that had new offensive coordinators, one of which was the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um. Yeah, it was twenty. No, sorry. Um, yeah, it was twenty eighteen. Whenever they, whenever they had their their new offensive coordinator, wasn't it? Yes, it was. I'm oh, sorry. It, I there was so many offensive coordinators that were new in twenty eighteen that I had to go to two lines on my <laughs> in my notes because there were just so many teams to list. And yeah, Pittsburgh was that was definitely the the, the first year for uh, for Coach Feigner. But if you're talking six out of six out of twenty, you're talking once again. You're talking thirty percent of of teams that with a new offensive coordinator making the postseason. Now, the reason you had 20 offensive coordinators after in 2018 might have been because in 2017, there was hardly any. So in 2017, there was only nine new offensive coordinators. But then in 2018, there was 20. And in, and in 2017, it was four out of nine made the postseason. So that was 44.4%. So um, the new offensive coordinators actually had a better success rate of making the postseason than just the general NFL team. Meaning that it's that it's that 
it's 12 out of the 32 teams making the postseason. So, and then I did go ahead and go back all the way to 2016. There was 11 teams that had new offensive coordinators and three of them made the postseason. So that was 27.2%. When you look at it overall, over those five years, the average was 32.3% of teams with a new offensive coordinator make the postseason, which I find very interesting because that's only 5% lower than what the averages of teams that do, that just make the postseason in general. So they make it there. They get there. That's what they're doing. That was the question I was answering. So that's the one I looked at. So there's, I, I you know what? I didn't even look at 2021 and how many offensive coordinators are, 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 are going to be new this season. Cause I'm not sure that it's done because every time an offensive coordinator gets hired for a head coaching position, then that's another offensive coordinator for that team that then they have to fill in with a new person. So there's still a lot to happen with the 2021 season. But what I can tell you is that there's going to be some teams where the offensive court, where they have a new offensive coordinator and they make it to the postseason. So I say, hey, might as well be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, I don't like to end on a bad note in answering this question. I really don't. But I have to say it. In these years that I've done this, going back to 2016, I'd love to go back and look beyond this, but it, I just wasn't able to, to compile those numbers because I started doing this this past weekend. None of them won the Super Bowl. So that's something that hasn't happened in the last five seasons, but much like the Pittsburgh Steelers in the 2005 season, there had never been a number six seed win the Super Bowl until it happened. So uh, let's, let's see if maybe the Steelers can do that next year. I know a lot of people right now don't understand the shape of this team. They don't know who's going to be brought back and who's going to have to be uh, a cap casualty and things of that nature to really think about that for next season. But hey, we're Steelers fans. We're always thinking about Lombardis. It's what we do. So we're going to take a quick break now because when we come back, I had something that was kind of my own thing that I was thinking of that I thought you all might find interesting in looking at this stat. So it's I'm going to just tell you that it has something to do with the Steelers and the 56 sacks they got this season and how much they really did. So stick around. We'll be right back after the show. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And we are back, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, with the second part of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Dave Schofield, co-editor behind the SteelCurtain.com. Still coming at you with some more geeky, crazy numbers. Uh, we just looked at a really great question of how do teams with new offensive coordinators perform? How, you know, how do they do 
with just the standard of getting to the postseason the following year. And it's it's that they do close to the close to the league average, close to on average. So it's not like these teams are put in a major disadvantage because of everything going on with having a new coordinator. So, but like I said, not all these situations are created equal because sometimes you lose your coordinator because they get promoted somewhere else. And sometimes you lose them because you have to let them go due to being ineffective. So believe it or not, when I looked at it, I can't say this for sure. I can't say the exact number, which is terrible for stat geek, but I I think it's more of the second that makes the postseason than even the first. Cause you're like, Oh, what's well, already a good successful team. You bring in a new coordinator and you expect them to hopefully still be good and successful. And a lot of times they are. But the other thing is, is sometimes a team isn't quite getting there because the coach wasn't quite getting the job done. And now they're trying to get somebody in there that can. So let's, let's hope it's more of that situation for the Steelers. But here was a question that I had that I wanted to raise and it took a long time to figure this one out as well. So I was I was doing a lot of research here for uh, for this morning show here on uh, on Thursday morning. But it came to how much do sacks matter for the Pittsburgh Steelers? They've led the league the last four years, gone over fifty sacks for four straight years. That hasn't been done since since the eighties. You know there was there was teams that had five straight years with fifty or more sacks, and they were all seemed to overlap each other, and they all were like from nineteen eighty three to nineteen eighty eight in there, a bunch of those teams. But for the Steelers, they had all these sacks in the regular season, and they had none in the postseason. And I, I laid out this article with Jeffrey Benedict. It was actually his idea um, last week in our Steelers Vertex. So it would have been out on, let's say, I think around the 13th of January, that what we laid out where I did the stats and he did the film was how the Steelers, when they in their playoff game, when they got the Browns in third and long, they didn't convert at all. The Browns did not have a conversion of, of more than six yards on third down in the, in the playoff game. Um, and they had three three times where they had it where it was third and six, and they only converted one of those, and that was on a quarterback scramble. So third and five and under, they did well. Third and six and more, definitely more than third and six. That um, no, they, no good. Not only that, they only gained positive yards on one play, and that's because it was like a third and 21, and they handed the ball off to try to get some yards, which you know they were basically surrendering, not even trying to get the first down. So because of that, I made the conclusion of, man, this team leading the sacks, leading the NFL in sacks, if all they get, uh, you know, just one sack in the first quarter or in, or even the second quarter, you know, or even two sacks could have made a huge difference in this game because that got me thinking about during the regular season, when the Pittsburgh Steelers get a sack, on a drive, how do those drives end up? Meaning at any point in the drive, the Steelers sack the quarterback. How many of those drives do the Steelers end up forcing a punt or a turnover or hold the team to a field goal? So I went through and looked at every sack for the Steelers on the season. Now I will say this, this, this was something that kind of surprised me out of the Steelers 56 sacks. 
only two times all season did they have two sacks on the same drive. So I'll say that again so you understand. There was only two cases all season in 2020 where the Pittsburgh Steelers had multiple sacks on the same drive. One was in week 10 against Cincinnati. One was in week 13 against Washington. And in both of those drives, they ended with field goals. So good chance that those those sacks helped keep four points off the board. Um, just kind of looking at them overall. So, so this is what I did. I went down and I broke down. So there was 54 drives in which the Steelers sacked the quarterback in 2020. Of those 54 drives, 28 of them ended in a punt. So over half. So 51.9% of drives in which the Steelers got a sack ended in a punt, which is better than their season average because on the season, they had 43.1% of their drives ended in a punt. So as you can see, you're, you're talking um, over 8% higher. So this is... This is something that that I that I want to see is that a lot of times these sacks can also help force a punt. But out of these 54 drives, six of them also ended in turnovers. So which equated to 11.1%, which is actually a little bit less than their their regu- than their total drives on the season, which was 38 or sorry, 13.8 of those drives ended um of their drives ended with them forcing a turnover. Um, there were three drives out of those 54 that the Steelers ended, you know, stopped the team on downs. One of which was the Denver game where the play that stopped them on downs was the sack, which was pretty impressive. Um, so that was 5.56%, which is right around their season average, um, which was, which is 6.4% of all their drives. They stopped them on, on downs. But another one was, was that three of those drives ended the half. Were that were at the end of the first half, where they got a sack, and then that drive stalled and did not do anything before halftime. You have to think that there's a good chance that that sack really helped keep them from giving up points on the last possession before the end of the half. Um, so, so that's pretty good. And those games were that was in Week Five against the Eagles, and that was also in Week Ten against the Bengals. And that was also in week 17 against the Browns where they gave up a sack. Now that one was interesting against the Browns because I called that end of half, but you could have almost called that turned over on downs because on fourth down, there was just a five seconds left and Baker Mayfield dropped back and threw the ball forever out of bounds just to run out the clock. Um, if you remember that in week 17. So moving on with this, the Steelers forced two missed field goals on drives where there was a sack. So, you know, maybe maybe that helped make the field goal a little bit longer, or maybe it was just good that they kept them to a field goal attempt. The Steelers gave up eight field goals on drives in which had a sack. And, and I have to say, several of these, I didn't mark them exactly, several of these were the, is where the sack set them to where it was a field goal, you know, r- rather than maybe giving up the touchdown, like a third down sack that the next play was a field goal. Um, some, you know, you have to admit that's, that's a desirable thing when it's helping you get a field goal rather than a touchdown. So although, yeah, you don't want to give up the points, um, it's, it is better to give up the, if a sack helps you save it to be three instead of seven. Um, now the Steelers gave up 
field goals on 10.6% of their drives during the regular season. So you're saying, well, wow, that's more. Well, when you look at it, you also got to look at what it does with touchdowns. And that is the Steelers only gave up four touchdowns in 2020 on a drive where they had a sack. So in other words, they got to the quarterback at some point in the drive, but yet the team was able to overcome it enough to still get a touchdown. And what's crazy is two of them were in the same game. Two of them were week eight in Baltimore. That that two of their touchdowns were on drives where Lamar Jackson was sacked. Well, one of them, I know at least one of them was where he was scrambling and got back just to the line of scrimmage and and the, and that was the sack. It's not like they sent him back a ton of yards um, with those. So that was interesting. Uh, the other two games were the were the uh, the only touchdown given up in Week Six against the Cleveland Browns was actually on a on a drive where the Steelers had sacked Baker Mayfield, and and the last one was actually week in Week Sixteen um, in the first half against the Indianapolis Colts. I might have even been the first drive of the game, if I if I do recall correctly, but I, I can't, can't remember for sure right now. So that's only 7.41% of, of the drives ended in a touchdown, where for the season, 18.6% of the drives that the Steelers faced ended in a touchdown. So this is a big deal. This is a big number. So that's why the field goal number is up a little bit, because overall – the scoring percentage is down, meaning the um, number of drives in which it ended in a score was 22.2% of ones that had a sack, where overall for the season of all drives, it was 29.3%. So you're talking to 7% better. So not only do whenever the Steelers get a sack in 2020 on that drive, they, they the team was less likely to score. If they did score, they were much more likely to end up with just a field goal than a touchdown, which was the opposite for the regular season for the Steelers, that the Steelers gave up more touchdown drives than they did field goal drives. So that, that kind of flips the script. So you can't, you can't underestimate the value of getting to the quarterback. That's why the Steelers not getting a sack in the postseason really hurt them because sometimes all it takes is one sack on one drive and it changes everything. It could turn seven into three. It could turn three into zero. It could even turn seven into zero, you know, um, depending on the situation. So that's why those are so important. Kind of like penalties. Anytime you get a penalty, Penalties are drive killers when you're a team that's just methodically trying to move the ball down the field. You know, one, it, they're, they're very difficult to overcome. So this is the important of, importance of the defense getting to the quarterback. It really helps them, uh, keeps them from giving up touchdowns. Um, and like I said, holding teams to field goals or no points at all. So I just thought that was a little interesting stat to throw out there and to look up. And I hope you all enjoyed that. But, but I'm going to say this again. What I really want to do when it comes to stats is I want to know what you all want to know. It's a long off season. We've got lots of things to look at. I can break down anything you want to know. So as I said in the first half, stlrsuperfandad at gmail.com. Just send me those, any stat question that you have. I mean, I'll try to answer them. Some of them, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I've got some questions. I'm like, I don't even know where to find this information. And that's probably why people are asking because they would like to have that information as well. And I don't blame you. So make sure if, if if you have a good question, let me know because 
I'm sure somebody listening right now is saying, gee, I really wish I knew this. I really wish you would talk about this. That's what I'm waiting for. That's what I'd like to hear. But hey, if you took the time to listen, I hope you enjoyed these numbers. I hope you got a little something out of them. And um, more importantly, I just want to thank you for for supporting Behind the Steel Curtain, both in our podcast form and hopefully visiting the website. So next Thursday, I'll be back with hopefully some more super geeky numbers. I don't know if they're super geeky or not, but give you some good numbers that hopefully you can you can uh, answer some some interesting questions with. So as I always say, thanks for geeking out. We'll see you next time. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.